We had a late start to today's shortened race, but the action certainly wasn't cut short. Welcome back to the uh, the Grid Talk podcast. This is episode 234, where we will review this year's Singapore Grand Prix. I'm your host, Tom Horrocks, and today I have the pleasure of being joined by Grid Talk's very own Owen Medford. Hello. And our co-host, Tom Downey. Hello. If you enjoyed this podcast, we would love it if you would stop the podcast right now and go and leave us a five-star review. It'll only take uh, only take a couple of seconds to do, and it really helps us climb the rankings. You can do this on Spotify by just leaving us a ranking, or you can head to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. We will shout out everyone who does this as a comment on our next show. And if you do leave us a review, you'll automatically be entered into our monthly prize draw to win some fabulous Grid Talk merchandise. If you haven't done so already, why not subscribe to us on YouTube and click the bell to let us know when we are live like we are right now. We've got over 700 subscribers now and we've got loads of video content and articles for you to get your teeth into as well. Please give us a thumbs up, share and comment because we love hearing from you. And any questions you do ask during the stream, we will attempt to answer in our post show as well. But we're going to get straight into the action, and there was plenty of it, Owen. We've we've just had a, the Singapore Grand Prix, known for its lack of overtaking, but uh, we 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 certainly got some today. And for now, at least, a provisional winner, Sergio Perez, absolute solid performance, and the the new rainmaster really with two street track race wins so far this year. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, obviously uh, he mastered Monaco. And uh, and the same things come come his way today. Um, you know, it was a you know he kind of won the race at the start, um, um, and and then you know just kind of carried on. Um, but it, you know, it was obviously chased very very hard by Charles Leclerc, but he he you know put the car in all the right places. Uh, didn't get flustered. Um, didn't make some of the errors that some of the other uh, the others around him were making, and um, you know just sort of weathered weathered the storm in more ways than one. And, uh, and and came out on top by the end, um, you know, even showing that, you know, by, by the end, obviously, there is that site point contention with the safety car. Um, but, you know, it was res- uh, responded when told to, you know, push because we might not we might not be able to keep this one um, with, with where you are now and uh, and opened up a, a seven and a half second gap, which um, based on precedent um, seems like he should be able to, to keep the win. Um but yeah, it was, it was, it was sort of, uh, it's like Perez from the start of the season, yeah, uh, had come back. Absolutely. Yeah. The, uh, he seemed to look after the tires a lot better than, than Leclerc did. And, and I think maybe, do you reckon Tom, it was just Leclerc just burning his tires out too quick and just taking too much life out of them? Yeah. Um, Leclerc's tires and sort of like his pacing in the last, I said the last sort of like half dozen or so laps, he saw, he seemed to just absolutely fall off a cliff because, when he was first chasing Perez, he was he was like four tenths, three tenths, five tenths. You know, he was he was always there or thereabouts. But the Ferrari, it was it was it was when he was coming out to turn three to sort of come through the turn four five complex, turn six, and turn seven. When he was exiting like the first sort of sequence of turns, um, he, uh, sorry, my, um, when he was exiting the first sort of sequence of turns, his car just. Uh, Leclerc now, his car just wasn't quite keeping up with what he was wanting it to do, and he was, um, yeah, he just, he just wasn't, he just wasn't able to quite get enough speed going down the main straight. Um, but yeah, he just, uh, I think he just took too much out of his tires, and we know what Paris is like when he comes to um, comes to protecting his tires anyway. So he, uh, yeah, he just, um, it, it just fell Paris's way, and I thought it was absolutely outstanding. 
And just before we move on from the top two there, I'd like to ask you, Wayne, as well. The, um, the, 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 obviously, he started on pole position, Leclerc, but had a bit of a bad start and a slow stop as well, costing him track position on Perez both times. Do you think that was crucial in the end or was Perez always going to have the pace to win? Um, I'm not... I'm in two minds on it um, in some ways. Uh, I think sort of, you know, I, don't, I think this is the first time in a while that beyond the slow stop, obviously, that uh, Ferrari hasn't done th- anything obviously wrong. Um, but I think, you know, it's, it, it, it didn't seem like Perez was going flat out. Uh, sorry, no, it did seem like Perez was going flat out when he was defending against Leclerc. Um, so I think I think the, the pace between them was always marginal. Um you know, it would have been it would have been good to see Max up there. You know, Max having a better race actually, so we could compare better. But um, without that, I think you know, I, I think it's a, it's a bit of a toss of a coin, um, really. I think whoever got track position first was gonna was gonna, was gonna take it. Um, and I think well, it's just a case of yeah, <laughs> getting for the track position, not stuffing in a barrier, and uh, and just keeping it clean. And, and I think that's what Sergio did. I think I think that might have just made the difference. Yeah, I, I think track position and equal machinery was kind of it was going to lead to a very difficult situation to be you know to be able to make an overtake on track when you had equal machinery. You saw, uh, as we'll talk about later, with Max Verstappen, he was able to make overtakes. But I, for one, I'm glad that he wasn't up there today because it, it gave us some fresh faces up there and uh, and a, a different result. Carlos Sainz finishing third place. Tom, he fell away from Leclerc pretty much at every opportunity he had today. It was never really in the fight for the win and and looked at one point like he may have even fallen behind for fourth place. How do you rate his performance today? Uh, not great, if I'm honest. Given his teammate who was in apparently identical machinery was pushing by far and away the fastest car on track for the win, uh, you would expect more, to be honest. I know that might seem a bit harsh given he started fourth, finished third, and yeah, he did get past Hamilton at the start of the race. Uh I think if that wouldn't have been the first lap pass, I think he'd have been certainly looked at by the stewards because um, it was very, uh, it was very um, brutal in the way he decided to just sort of punt Hamilton out of the way, should we say, mm. um, or maybe boost on the right word, but it was very sort of a boisterous. That's really the kind of word I'm looking for, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, no, science. He just he just didn't have the pace. I, I don't know if it was because he's not as confident in these kind of wet dry conditions or if um or if you know maybe he was taking a bit easy maybe he backed off a bit because uh he knew he wasn't going to be overtaking his teammate and catching him and burning his tires and all the rest of it and and also because he could see that Hamilton was uh, sorry not Hamilton well Hamilton at first and then Norris was far enough back that um uh, that uh, you know that they sort of just wound everything down, saved the engine, didn't want to make any stupid mistakes and just uh, just brought it home a bit. Um, it, you know, it, it, there, there could have been an element of that. I don't know. Um, I am speculating, obviously. So, you know, so it was just, yeah, it was just a, it, it was a bit like Pierre Gasly of last year where he would do like a really good result and it would sort of just go unnoticed because of everything that was going around him. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree, and I, I do think that 
he just didn't at no point in the race did you think he was going to take this by the scruff of the neck he was one of the first people saying that he was going to be going you know, he's going to soft soon and in reality it was way way too early looking back if he'd have jumped then he would have ended up probably in a similar position to where russell ended up and uh and and yeah so just just kind of a bit of an anonymous performance for a car that you know should have been quite exciting on track but somebody who who was exciting on track definitely was 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 my uh, was my boy Lando Norris going uh, going long lucked into the safety car. My favourite strategy on F1 Manager right now uh, is just basically just go a little bit longer than everyone else and just hope for a safety car. And uh, and for once it actually actually worked out and uh, really really strong result today for Lando. And sorry that goes to Owain. Yeah, it's uh, I, I like to call it the Renault 2008 strat. Um... <laughs> Uh, obviously, they didn't have to uh, induce that one, but yeah, it was actually a really, we didn't see a lot of Lando, um, you know, apart from the restarts, and obviously he did luck in uh, a little bit to to that um, to that. But to be honest, to pull it off, I get like I, I, I would I would characterize today as full of sort of rookie errors, really, um, and just small little things. You know, it's really we saw it's so so easy, even for people with you know bags of experience and and talent beyond belief um to to mess it up and and to, to get round and not do that and not have issues like that and and pretty much stay out of trouble um yeah helped by you know incidents uh affecting everyone else but then again someone else so was everyone else so uh, you know it's 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 a really good performance um and uh and, and it well it's going to really help mclaren um in the constructors yeah, I mean they're they're now ahead of uh, ahead of Alpine in the constructors' championship, which we wouldn't have expected a few weeks ago, Tom. And and one person who has really contributed to that for once is the man who started sixteenth and exited in Q one. Just how important is that performance for Ricardo, or was it just down to was it just down to luck of the draw, really? Uh, no, I wouldn't say it was completely completely luck of the draw because there were other teams and drivers, notably Haas, around him who would have, you know, who, who had sort of fairly low starts and didn't finish the points. So, you know, um, Danny Rick pitted for a sauce, I believe, and and um, when almost everyone else was on um, uh, was on medium, so I can't remember who else was on sauce, maybe Gasly. Um, and, yeah, it was a bit of an inspired move. You know, he obviously felt confident enough. Um, I mean... It's it's a great result for him personally, if, you know, for, for his morale. On a circuit which is not easy to drive on, let's add, you know, this is a, you know, both in terms of you know, twenty three corners, the longest race in terms of time per lap on on the calendar, and one of the most physically and arguably mentally demanding circuits there, you know, because obviously the humidity and the temperature, the late night, the delayed start this weekend. Um, you know, Danny Rick fighting for his, well, you could say fighting for his F1 future because who knows if he's even going to be on the grid next year. And it was, um, yeah, it was just it was just a bit of an inspired race from him today. You know, quality was quality. Um, but ultimately, you know, he finished in the points in, 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 the, in a decent points finishing position as well. So that's great for McLaren. You know, he finished along, you know, more or less, you know, alongside his teammate. It's great for McLaren, especially as both Alpines went full uh, full Frances and um, and and DNF and blew up, um, and, and yeah, it's it's good for that battle for fourth. It's good for Danny Rick. It's good for Lando, um, but yeah, just all round 
positive vibes this week at uh, I never thought oh, God, why did I say that I hate that phrase um, but but yeah but uh, that's the most interesting thing I've ever said but yeah but but you know but, but, but uh, you know all in all it's, it's good, good for morale at Woking yeah it's a solid performance and really giving them a springboard now to, to try and push on for the rest of the season it was you know given that they have kind of turned development off on this it's given them something to hold on to now it's just four points and Alpine still do have the quicker car but but they've uh, they've got something now to, to fight for at least anyway and another race like that in the closing stages and who knows they might well be able to hold on to that fourth place I'm talking you know from a completely unbiased point of view and I'm definitely not wearing a Lando Norris t-shirt right now uh, but moving on to sixth place Lance Stroll really putting those extra budget cap bucks to good use today a cracking race really from from Aston Martin and uh, and allegedly by the way on that previous comment um and really just kind of just keeping his nose clean with both Aston Martins really and and sixth place a solid return for Stroll though ain't yeah he started in 11th place as well um you know it wasn't I don't think he did anything particularly amazing um but then again we saw arguably more talented drivers um you know shove it in the wall or <laughs> or, so, or or things like that or, or get caught up um you know I, I think he did it he did he did a fairly good job um you know he wasn't obviously he's not lighting up the timing screens or anything like that but he was still you know it, it would have been easy i think to 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 get caught up and and and, and throw that that kind of um points finish away um, and he didn't. Um, we didn't see a lot of him, but I think that was a testament to uh, probably the action everywhere else, actually. Um, so the fact he wasn't on it is a sort of testament to to the skill. And I think, you know, may, maybe redeem some of his reputation of being someone who's just uh, there because his dad's there. Um, but, you know, I think I think that if anything, that it, it shouldn't really come as a surprise. Bearing in mind, Lance Stroll's always been fairly good in the wet. Um when he's maybe not uh, on on other other uh, more favourable conditions, pretty pretty good at street circuits too as well. Often, and we do talk about how good he is sometimes at the whole kind of the point squirt turn type type corners and. And yeah, he left a lot of the defending to his teammate behind him, who was who was doing a great rear guard action. But we'll get to him in a little bit. As next, Tom, we got your guy Max Verstappen. Started eight, finished seventh when Alonso retired. Proof you can't overtake in Singapore, right? Do you want to get slapped or not? <laughs> no. Um, Max, oh, God, alive, what a day. Phenomenal um, overtaking, though. In fairness, props to, props to him. Best overtaker on track today, without a doubt. Yeah, but he put himself in the position where he needed to make these moves because he had an awful start. He borderline here, anti-stall, anti dropped to 12th, got, um, you know, got questioned at the start of the race because like he came gained the track and made an advantage. I think they put that down to him being... Or you know, to be in the first lap and him probably trying to avoid contact. Um, did put in some brilliant moves. Yeah, absolutely put put in some fantastic moves. Um, you know, it, if even that move he put in on put in on Vettel right at the end, um, super overtake, you know, he just you know, that time he actually managed to stamp on the brakes without locking up. Um, you know, but he uh, you know, he just, he just just made a couple of couple of almost rookie errors. And in my head, I was thinking just ease off a bit you, you know it's like you're going to win the world championship this year so it's not you know it's not make or break it's not like you need to make this corner or you're not going to win the championship so you know in my head I think you could just back off just take the points don't do anything daft which is which is exactly what he did um 
But today, and I think the weekend as a whole, just a bit of a weekend to forget for him, not the kind of 21st birthday he probably had in mind. Um, if anybody voted him driver of the day, I mean, you need to have a look at yourself because that was not the performance of a driver of the, a driver of the day. You know, you know, people might go, oh, well, he made a load of overtakes. Yes, but he put himself in a position where he needed to make the overtakes. So, you know, it, 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 it wasn't a particularly rounded performance. It was like a sort of pre-2018 match performance where quality wasn't great. He, he got into scraps and 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 and, and you know, pulled off some great moves, but then locked up and you know this and that and all the rest of it. Um, I think he started. I, he probably started. He, he probably started to get a bit frustrated because of what happened in quality yesterday when he didn't have enough fuel to finish the final run, um, or you know, you know finish it, but you know, penalty all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, there was definitely an element, or well, I think there was definitely that an, an element of frustration in that sense um so the moves he did were good but it was just it was just very scrappy and inconsistent from him today yeah i still, I mean, love, I, I still love him though oh yeah absolutely i mean yeah for you but uh i mean an, an inconsistent performance and uh but still a seventh place when you flat spotted your tires and had to go right to last place granted only for a couple of seconds because of uh george russell puncher and uh and various other reasons as well but the fact that we've not long left to go in the race he was last and he has recovered to seventh on a track that you can't overtake does underline his his overall strength so i can see why some people would put him as driver today i personally wouldn't because my criteria is you have to have effectively a faultless race to be considered for driver today so absolutely not was he actually voted driver today or i haven't actually seen no it was Perez oh okay yeah I'm rightly so in my eyes yeah I'm sure we'll get to that later on but uh, Sebastian Vettel in eighth place will be disappointed by losing that seventh place right at the end especially after defending off Hamilton for for so long and and succeeding eventually in that but uh, but losing it to losing it to Verstappen on the last lap away he's gonna be disappointed with that and to be comprehensively beaten by Lance Stroll as well over over the course of the race uh yeah um I, I'm I, I'm not I'm not really sure how uh, how sort of I, I'm not sure how Sebastian Vettel really cares at this point I think he's proved he's all, all he's got to prove and he's just seeing out the last few races um that said uh, he clearly cares enough to you know really I, I wouldn't say Lewis Hamilton had definitely the faster car um but Lewis Hamilton could not get by just could not get by whatsoever and when he did try it um you know in a way that probably wasn't on um it must be said um you know it, it, <laughs> it, it, he just got sort of he just kept getting on with it and uh, and just waited and 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 carried on with his with his race um and was you know sort of very unfortunately uh for him at least overtaken by Max Verstappen then again Max Verstappen had soft tires and is a is in a clearly faster red bull um and, and is that bit younger um so i i don't think it's i don't think it's any surprise that he got um overtaken and i i i, I don't think he should be sort of kicking himself over that um because it was a it was a very good race um for him and you know got up to from from 13th place up to eighth um that's a good setup you know, it's a decent set of points um for where they are in the constructors um and and he's just doing the job. I I think I think it comes down to the fact that you can you can still see that he's he's got the skill there um, to do that. Bearing in mind that you know very very well fend, uh, fended off Lewis Hamilton 
who was probably that bit faster. Yeah, absolutely. He, Hamilton was was definitely in in the faster car in that scenario, and then obviously he had Verstappen behind him in an even quicker car on softer tyres. So, uh, we've, where have we seen that before? But uh, but we'll move on to Lewis Hamilton next, Tom. And uh, he, he was looking strong for a podium, and despite losing that place to to Science right at the start, but very similar race to Max, really. And you know, rare mistakes from Hamilton, and not just one as well. It's it's we're just not used to seeing this side of Lewis Hamilton, and he's only really got himself to blame. Yeah, you know, he, he did make a, a couple of sort of, uh, again, rookie errors, like we said about Max and several drivers on the grid today. Um, I do wonder if, uh, if that's an element of it being, we haven't raced in Singapore for two years. And it's, like I said earlier, it's such a demanding track, you know, physically and mentally. I wonder if people sort of forgot or perhaps underestimated it a bit. Um, and, and, you know, it, it sort of like took his toll on on the drivers a bit, which is understandable, especially given we had the hour delays that they'd all be sort of mentally prepared for it to start at one pm UK time, and then it actually kicked off for just gone two pm UK. You know, so there's a there there are a lot of variables at play. Um, yeah, Hamilton, you just it was it was that one for me, not so much when he slid into the wall and damaged his front wheel. Got onto that one in a minute. Um, it was this, it was the one towards the end where it was Vessel himself and Max behind, and he just completely missed his breaking point and just went completely deep and just just opened up the door. It was just a you know, it was just it was just like a basic error. Um, you know, I don't know if he snatched at the brakes or if he missed his breaking spot or if he or if he went to lock up and missed or, or missed his breaking spot then or whatever, but. Yeah, it was it, it was just um yeah, it was just it was just an odd it was an odd, it was an odd mistake and not one that you associate with the driver of a caliber of Hamilton. Um the other incident of his that I want to sort of touch upon a bit, and I know I mentioned this in the live chat when we were chatting when the race was going on, is um the first one where when he went into the wall and broke his front wing. Okay, yeah, he did go into the front. Well, he, you know, sorry, he did go into the wall. He, you know, there's no, obviously, you can't deny that or whatever. We all saw it happen. However, I think his experience and his skill came into play here. And if and if people are listening, going, Tom, what the hell are you going on about? Bear with me. Um, we saw other drivers go into the wall. For example, Albon completely lost his front wing. You know, completely destroyed you know, had to limp back round with no front wing, effectively. You know, he, you know, he had a sort of front structure that other than I was coming and that was about it. Hamilton, he damaged his front left end plane, I think it was, or maybe for, he, he, he had a bit of damage and it was sparking, yes, because he was hanging loose. But because he, he'd obviously realised that he wasn't going to make the corner. And instead of doing what Kvyat did in 2017, where he just kept his foot going and kept turning the wheel and just, just sort of went, hey-ho, I'm in the wall now, tee-hee, lols. He, he steered so that because he knew he would hit it straight on, he knew that his front wing would take the brunt of the impact. And to an extent, it is a consumable part. So he knew that if he broke that... You know, he could go back to the pits. In Singapore, odds are there would be a safety car. You know, we had a few you know, VSCs, all the rest of it. He knew he'd be able to get back to the pits, but, you know, maybe put new set of tyres on, change the front wing. The, my point is, he avoided suspension damage 
so he avoided the need having to, to DNF. If you look at um, Alban, Alban had to DNF because even though he hit the wall, you know he, he had you know he had suspension damage. The um, Tifi, when he had his you know you know when he had his clobber with um, Joe Guanyu, he had to retire because although we had a puncture, he also had suspension damage. So that's what I mean when I say like the skill and the sort of mindset of people like Hamilton and Max, and you could put Alonso and Leclerc in there, is when they have these things, when they hit the wall like that, or they sort of have incidents. It's amazing that they have the mindset to crash into the wall in a certain way that it causes as little damage as possible. It's an interesting take, and I, I liken it to when you when you drop your toast and having the skill to make it so it lands butter side up. You still drop your toast at the end of the day. So, but I, I get your point, and I just think we just expect more from Lewis Hamilton. But um, in the same way that people praise Fernando Alonso for driving slowly really well, uh, I'm not going to praise Lewis Hamilton for crashing well. But uh, even so, we'll move on to, to Pierre Gasly. Got the last point uh, in the race today. He uh, did a good job for Red Bull by jumping out of the way of Max at every opportunity. Tenth place, away. I mean, is that? I mean, considering what his teammate got up to, is that a good return for AlphaTauri, or is that just, uh, or is it another disappointing day? You take a point over a uh, over the bill to repair two front wishbones and a front nose cone. Without um, that, yeah, yeah. Um, then, then again, he started seventh. Um, I don't know really how he ended up that far down. Um, you know, I, well, I mean, obviously he lost a, po- a place to to Max Verstappen um, because, of course, he did. <laughs> But there's there's not there's not you know the, the, he's he's sort of been the person who's who's unfortunately uh, leveled out the uh, leveled out the reason that there's uh, there's people that have you know started behind him and ended up in front. Um, I don't know how he quite quite got. I don't know if he got a sort of um, you know bad luck on a safety car or or or, or was the timing was just wrong for him with uh, with how the race played out. Um, but I don't think I don't think he did anything obviously wrong. But he just wasn't wasn't really quick enough. I mean, you know, he's he's for, for the most part, most uh, a lot of people apart from the front runners are, are separated by maybe f- three or four seconds. He's 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 a good sort of eight seconds away from Lewis Hamilton, and Lewis Hamilton didn't exactly have the the best final few laps. Um, so I I think it's just a you know it's fine it's 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 fine but you you got to be disappointed that you, when you when you're losing three places and that's where you finish the race at um you know scraping up the the, the last point yeah, especially in those conditions, and you see the the drivers that finished behind him that started ahead of him, and then he's you know he's lost those places um, to, to other cars as well. It's a, it's it's an odd one really, and I just think maybe that that AlphaTauri is just not in a place where it's raceable. Um, I don't know. It, it just doesn't seem to be anything about it to the point where when I was doing the preview for this show, I completely forgot to put AlphaTauri in the preview and had to busk it on the fly. So because I just completely forgot they were even there, they've turned into they've turned into Salba for me. Uh, it's just kind of a bit of a nothing team at the moment, and I don't think there's 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 a lot that Gasly can do in that car anyway. But um, you know, the, if the rumors are true, he's not going to be there for much longer anyway. So he may actually be able to start proving that he can defend against Max Verstappen in future. You never know. But moving on to the the first of the uh, of the non finishers, then uh, Valtteri Bottas, then Tom rolled the dice on softs, first person to do that. But given there are only fourteen finishers and he's in an Alfa Romeo. 11th place, not really good enough, in, in my opinion. I don't know how you feel about that. No, not good enough at all. Um, yeah, 
it's just you know he, he was unfortunate in the um Russell did his absolute best to try and take him out um and I mean I can't think if those two ever had to come together in the wet before when they've been talking about the second Mercedes seat or uh, if Vince Bell someone but I can't think where <laughs> Don't, um, don't talk about it. Don't talk about, about it. It never yeah. happened. Don't know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like like Abu Dhabi never happened. Um, it wasn't in wet, dry conditions either. Too soon. Um, yeah, that was in wet, wet conditions. Um, yeah, no. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, just yeah, Bottas just P11 sort of just nowhere. Um, you know, just yeah. He, he was. He, he had a big gap. I'm looking at the timing sheets here. He was nearly 20 seconds behind Gasly as well. So it's just like, what are you playing at? Um, you know, just didn't have, you know, didn't have a very good top speed. Um, you know, didn't have a very good fastest lap. <clears throat> Excuse me. I do apologise. Um, yeah, just not a good day at the office. And I'd say his teammate has arguably got the better of him by this point. Um you know, Bottas, I, I don't know, he's sort of just sort of fading into obscurity. You know, I thought he was going to go on for a good season this year. And the start of the season, I think we all thought that when Alfa Romeo looked to be better than Mercedes. And it's just like, yeah, that's flipped on his head, doesn't it? Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think Bottas, Bottas is a bit unlucky in some aspects today, but he just, just doesn't have the pace. And I think when people were saying it was Hayley's like, oh, he hasn't got the pace. This is what they were talking about. It's just, you know, just when things are like really going his way, like when this when the setup is just so and, and everything is absolute chef's kiss, you know, he's there. Um but you can say that about most drivers, you know, you know, most decent drivers put them in a very good car with the right setup and they'll go quick. But the best drivers will take not particularly good cars or middling cars and drag them towards the top of the field. And that's what he can't do. And I think he's proved that today. Yeah, I think Alfa Romeo, they absolutely aced the, um, the the regulations when it came to chassis weight and everything at the start of the season. But once everyone managed to get their, um, you know, get their get their uh, summer weight off and were able to attack the track a bit more with lighter chassis, they've just gone, they just haven't been able to bring updates to the car and everyone else has overtaken them. So, yeah, it's very much a making hay while the sun shines for Bottas. And and I have, I have to say, I think you're you're right in that I still don't rate Joe um, as a, a long-term, you know, huge prospect for Formula One, but uh, I do think that he's getting closer to Bottas. And, you know, if, if the start of the season... Alfa Romeo had the car they have now, then maybe you'd see Joe a lot closer to Bottas than, than we are now. Certainly the average qualifying deficit has come down. But going on to Kevin Magnussen then, oh, and yet again, another early race incident compromising his race. He's making a bit of a habit out of it. Is this, is this, uh, is this compromising Hass's potential points now, or, um, or do you just see it as aggressive driving? I mean, I mean, it, undoubtedly it's, it's impacting their potential points. Um, you know, an issue at the start is statistically speaking when it's most likely to be damaging you know you you, you can lose far more places for let's say a, t- a two second incident um at, at the start of the race and at the end and uh and and you look at the raw numbers start position and finish position and he's and he's gone from ninth where you'd pick up two points um potentially one for the fastest lap uh, and he's gone down to 12th. Um, I don't think that everything's entirely his fault. I think he did get caught up a little bit. 
Um, I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't see the the incident with with Max Verstappen. I believe it was, but um, you know, something to be said for Max Verstappen shouldn't be in the same area of the track. Um, and if and if he got away well, then um, then we wouldn't be having uh, this conversation. But um, I think there's a certain amount to be said for Kevin Magnussen isn't a rookie. He's definitely been around the block a few times. He knows how to handle a race car. Um, you know, it's 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 uncharacteristic and it's the sort of thing you'd expect from his teammate, not him. Um, the fact that he's, you know, finished scarcely above his teammate um, is, you know, I think, I think it's kind of a, it's indicative of how poor of a, of a day he's had. Um, hopefully it's just a, a, a one-off um, in, in sort of a bit of a weird day. Yeah, and uh, we'll move on to his teammate next as well. But with only four cars finished outside of the points today, and two of them were Hasses, so they 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 can't be happy with that at all. And it looked going into this race like it might have been a decent race for Hass, given that the nature of the circuit, Tom. And uh, but I think maybe just both drivers and the team not reading the conditions well. Is this Hass not being operationally sharp, or do they just need better drivers? Um, I think they need a better driver in one of the seats, and it's not the main seat. Cryptic as ever, I know. Um, yeah, no, it's just, uh, this was a, um, this, this was, this was a time where, or this was a race where Haas needed to get points, and it was the kind of race where, you'd have wanted them to get points because there were only a handful of drivers who didn't finish, like we said. And for it to be both of the drivers who didn't finish today, that's not good enough. Um, you know, it, you know, if they want to sort of continue this upward trajectory that they are apparently on, then they need to get better results than this. You know, this is, it was a bit of a bit of a mess today. Um, you know, quality wasn't great. Uh, they left it very late to actually get out of Q1. Um, well, certainly K-Mag did. Um, and yeah, just, uh, you know, uh, then again, say K-Mag black and white flag for ruining his front wing. Um, Mick, uh, I didn't see anything of him other than uh, when George Russell was behind him, he sounded like an entitled little insert expletive here. Um, you, know, uh, you know, it's just a, uh, yeah, just just was they've just they've overpromised and underdelivered, and it's um, everything is just a bit half baked. I think it's still a transition year for them. I think it's like Ferrari twenty twenty one, where they had the real dog of the year, which was the year before, and then next year hopefully they'll come out a bit more swinging. Yeah, it's it certainly started well for them, but eighth place is uh, is is going to be hard to hold on to now. Alpha Tori now level on points of them; they're just ahead due to uh, some better finishes. So it looks like ninth place is is beckoning for for Haas. Which overall, when you look at how they started, you would have thought they'd have been on for a good season. I remember some some media outlets saying that they predicted Haas may even grab a podium at some point this season. And, and it's just, it just seems to have gone backwards very quickly. And, and there's a mixture of uh, driver squandering results and teams just not, just not moving forwards, which is a bit of a shame. But um, moving on to the, the final finisher and from the guy who always finishes in the top five, when he finishes, he's the last guy to cross the line today. I think, 
for me, I mean, is is this is this partially down to the team? Are they? I mean, the the decision to start him at the back on the track where you can't overtake. I know he put himself there by qualifying eleventh, but but did they turn him into a bit of a guinea pig towards the end there when they just stopped him very early for the softs, or or was this just Russell not reading the race well? Uh, it would help if I wasn't an idiot um, and uh, knew how to unmute. Um, I don't know who made the decision to go to slicks um, that early. Uh, I don't. I, I think it was. Uh, I think you know Martin Brundle called it quite well on the commentary um, as this was all playing out before the race really kicked off. Um, there isn't a right tire for. There wasn't a right tire for for the for the time. There wasn't. You know, you you couldn't have gone. Obviously, a bit later, but you couldn't have gone to a brand new Inter and you couldn't um, go to a slick. And but the 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 ones that the, the worn Inters weren't exactly amazing. Um, I think based on the race we had, uh, in hindsight, George Russell being put to the back wasn't the worst thing to have happened uh, in the world. I think a lot of the things after that didn't necessarily reflect well on George Russell. Um, you know. I, I, I did take his point that, you know, it, it, he was good data for the team, but I don't think that necessarily helped Hamilton, for example. Um, it, if anything, it more helped everyone else. Um, so I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think it's awful, but I think there's, there needs to be a bit, of, a bit of a debrief there because um, that's really not been George Russell's strongest weekend by any stretch of the imagination, and uh, I think it sort of needs to be something to look at and something to learn from because they, they could have really got something out of this um, even from that far on the grid. Um, but all that's happened is that, you know, he's finished last of the people who did um, two laps down. I don't think he even stole the fastest lap point. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, He did. He did take the fastest lap, but he didn't, um, he didn't obviously get the point for it because he's outside the top 10. Of course. Yeah. So, you know, the only thing that he's taken a point away from is, is, and I think Perez we had had yeah. fast uh, Perez or uh, Verstappen had it um, or were I believe it was Perez who had yeah. it at the time. Yeah, I think Perez. Yeah, obviously Verstappen peaked off obviously once he once he hit sort of more difficult traffic. Um, I don't know. It just seems like a bit of a you know they've they've really fired a blank this weekend because all they've ended up doing is doing putting fifty seven laps on a on a brand new engine that they could have uh, kept in the pool if they you know if <laughs> maybe seen it what it was maybe that's a bit defeatist but that's that's the long and the short of it when when everything's uh totted up at the end of today yeah it's definitely uh his most uninspiring race of the season uh i would say but um uh, the only solace you can really take is that his his if he's going for the whole uh teammate battle thing then his teammate didn't score very well i'm sure he'll play the party line and say uh you know it's bad result for the team just two points is you know it's bad for the team and and all that but i think deep down he's doing a bit of a fist bump underneath his uh underneath his overalls there but um but moving on to Yuki Tsunoda then he's he kind of caused everything to to kick off on on lap 36 by just uh banzaiing it into the barrier just probably twice the speed that Hamilton did which would certainly you know at least he did go ahead on as well but I don't think anything would have stopped that causing suspension damage Tom and but we didn't really see a lot from him again that he was he was kind of he was squirreling around quite a bit we we saw he was going sideways quite a few times and uh yeah just just not really uh I, I think the fact that he's finished 15th and was the, the what the sixth person to retire is probably a good result for him based on what he what it looked like he was going to do in the early stages of the race. 
Yeah, I mean, Yuki just, oh God, what's he even playing at now, man? You know, he just uh, he just decided to absolutely bomb it into the wall and it was, uh, yeah, just, that, that was the only thing I saw of him and he was just, I saw him I saw him coming towards that turn and he was just, he was coming in full tilt and I was just like, okay, he's not going to make it, you're not going to make it and then it's like banging sort of just thinking, yeah, I told you so. Um, just stupid, petulant really. Um I don't know if it was a lapse of concentration or if it was just immaturity or what, but he, uh, yeah, just not not his day at the office, I think it's fair to say. Um, I didn't really see an awful lot else of him in, in the race. I'm not really sure what he did, uh, aside from pranging it into the wall. Um, you know, it was, uh, yeah, it was just, it was just, just an, just an, Old race from him, and it was it was like it was like the Yuki of like the start of last year. Um, the only thing we missed was a full effing and blinding team radio, really. Yeah, he's got a shining new contract, so at least he doesn't have to worry about you know not not being uh, not being in F one next year. But uh, it certainly needs to make a step next year. And uh, if Gasly is the one who is going to be moving on, then then he needs to step into that team leader role and, and assert himself. Because certainly, if a rookie comes in and beats him, it will be his last contract in Formula One. I'm sure of that. But someone who definitely does have another, at least another year on his contract. I believe it's still got two more after this year. I mean, it's Esteban Ocon. Again, somebody we didn't see a lot from in the race. His engine blew up and uh, quite spectacularly, and then he uh, just just parked it in a very very awkward position to uh, to cause the VSC. But uh, again, all we really saw of him, and it was just kind of a bit of a bit of a pop. I think was it Ruby in the chat chat just said, "Oh, his engine went poof," and that's basically <laughs> his his race in in a few words. Yeah, that's uh, that, that engine's only going to be useful as a coffee table now. Um, I don't think it, did, it really didn't sound great from the onboard, and um, which is saying something. Bearing in mind the Alpine also doesn't sound great when it's running correctly. Um, it, uh, Shots fired. <laughs> it's awful. That high pitched whine. I can't deal with it. Um, no, it's is Cyril Bissable still there? I thought that was him. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I. It, he was doing well um, up until he, was, he wasn't doing terribly uh, until everything obviously went bang. Um, I don't think there's actually much more he could like, you know, talking about obviously where he parked it. I don't think there's much more he, he could have done. Um, I think that was, that was it. Uh, that was, that was all, that was all she wrote really. Um, and it's, it's, it's yet again, I think the bigger issue here is because um, I know we're going to talk about it with Alonso is that Alpine has managed to cut like they've they've really never got on top i don't think of the the these turbo hybrids not fully not in the way that even even honda uh managed to really get their head around it and and stop having or at least you know minimize the amount of of failures we're seeing but the alpine really sticks in my mind and it doesn't help now that they've got even fewer things to test on uh, even fewer cars to test on but they just really have that they'll be waiting for 2026 because it's it's yet again cost them points um in, in a very in a very contentious battle um you know and if they lose by however many points they've lost this seat they've lost as a result of this um i think they've only got themselves to blame um there's really not the tools for the job for the drivers at this point. 
Yeah, and like you say, I'm sure we'll touch on that a bit more um, when we get to Alonso as well. But um, moving on to Alex Albonson, the one driver for me gets a pass this weekend on a bad performance, and if if it is indeed a bad performance, but a brave, brave return for him after what was you know a fairly routine operation. Potentially, he could have lost his life, and uh, and I mean the retirement there looked like the car was okay. Surely it was just a, a precaution, really, and, uh, and just kind of get get through the race, save the parts, and uh, and give give him a pass for the race. What's your thoughts on that? Two weeks ago, Alex Albon was in a medically induced coma on a ventilator, and today he is racing in Singapore. That tells you all you need to know about the mindset and the determination of these drivers. Having said that, I stand by what I said uh, last week and a few weeks ago. Albon should have taken the weekend off. He should have let DeVries or whoever, probably DeVries, run in the car again this weekend. I'm going to probably repeat myself a bit from things I've said in, in a few weeks gone by. It's one thing to recover from an operation where you feel you can do a few bits around the house. It's another thing to fly halfway across the world, strap yourself into, you know, into the pinnacle of single-seater motorsport and drive in, drive one of the most demanding circuits in some of the most demanding conditions uh, that we see on the calendar. Um, I find it hard to believe that he was recovered in time because no amount of medical insurance or physiotherapy can get you fully back to where you were. Sometimes your body just needs to rest and recover. And I think for these two double-headers, he should have done that. I get he wants to be back in the car. and Well, I get he wanted to be back in the car, but I think what we saw today was almost evidence that he wasn't quite ready to jump back in. Even if he'd have left it this weekend and jumped back in for Suzuka, I would have understood that more um, or, or, or sort of perhaps said that that was a better idea. Um, but you had to give him massive credit for even having the cojones to actually do it this weekend in the first place, given, given you know, that at one point he was on death's door. Yeah, as I said before in my pre-speech, they're just absolutely gets a complete pass today, whatever happens. Uh, any mistakes he made, completely forgiven. He's, uh, yeah, it, it's just a, an absolutely brave return. And, um, and yeah, I'm glad that he's back. But, yeah, just rest up, get yourself ready for the for the, for the the run-in and uh, make, put your health first because your health's got to come first in that scenario. And it's truly a superman to even attempt that race, to be honest. But uh, going back for, for some more uh, Alpine Renault engine hate, Oh, we'll, we'll go with Alonso. 350th race, defended like a lion until that Renault engine gave up. Uh, I was quite impressed that, uh, that he was able to keep Verstappen behind for so long um, and quite disappointed to see that, that engine blow up in the end. But uh, but yeah, I, I mean, we didn't really see him for that long in the race, but how do you rate Alonso's race and um, are you going to get um, any, any more hate towards Renault for today? Oh yeah, I've got another one. Uh, cool. I, I think, I think, uh, I think. Honestly, LP management will be glad that the French Grand Prix has already happened, so that they don't have to. Uh, they don't have to hear Fernando Alonso shouting about a GP2 engine, in, a GP2 engine in their own backyard. Um, yeah, uh, Fernando Alonso. There's a reason they put in the big bucks because he was. He's keeping. He was very successfully keeping uh, Max Verstappen behind him. Um, for you know, not just one, not not just two laps, like a decent set of laps, and really was halting his progress um, to the point it was called out upon. 
Um, but I think everyone who watched. Um, other than that, you know, it, well, I don't think Fernando Alonso was driving in a way that was going to that was uh, that was sort of negatively impacting the engine itself, other than driving it. Um, so, you know, who knows what could happen? He was sitting in sixth at that point. Um, who knows what could have happened if they'd managed to. Uh, if, well, if, if if Alpine had managed to build an engine that doesn't go bang, uh, I don't think it was necessarily the engine itself. I, th- I can't remember it, uh, how that one failed. Um, either way, uh, it's cost them probably a lot of points. And it, and again, it's it, in that battle with McLaren, it's it, it's it's getting tight, and they may rue that they didn't get the uh, didn't get the the eight points that they could have that would have kept them ahead. Um, of of McLaren in that in that uh in this race. So um you know I I I hope it works out for them, but um they've really got only themselves to blame um after you know some really good performances from both their drivers. Yeah, it's uh it seems odd that the you know the performances we've seen from Alonso and the and the the bad luck he's had and how really I have to say he's been quite anonymous this this year Esteban Ocon it, it looks like the performances have been nowhere near and yet you look at Fernando Alonso on 59 points and Ocon on 66 given how bad Ricardo has been and how good that car has been the fact that McLaren are now ahead you can only really blame um, I mean the team and potentially Esteban Ocon for that. I've this year Alonso has for me has this has been his most impressive year since his return and probably since those those last couple that was it that year at Ferrari where effectively he just dragged that car over the line every week trying to win the championship. Was it either twenty ten or twenty twelve? Twenty twelve. Yeah, those those two years were just phenomenal years, and I think this is his most impressive year since then. He's um he, I've been fully turned around on him as as a performer and uh, Aston. Martin are getting a hell of a driver um, for for at least a year or two anyway and, until he uh, until he eventually get, gets to that cliff. If he does, you never know. He might keep going till he's 50. Could be the next Fangio. But uh, we'll move on now, Tom, to Nicholas Latifi. I've just seen on, on the Twitters that uh, he's got a five-place grid drop for uh, for the next race for his collision with uh, with Joe. And uh, a very unspectacular climax to a... Um, very unsuccessful Formula One career, just kind of ticking down race by race. Now, um, any other comments, or have you any any response or any defence for Latifi's um, Latifi's performance today? There's no defending that. <laughs> or do you, mate? You've got mirrors. You absolute sausage. <laughs> you know, you've been in F and three seasons. You're battling to overtake him. He's going, oh my god, I didn't see him. Oh god, give me a break. Just get out of F one. You know, you're a nice guy, but you're not good enough. That's it. Nice. Okay. <laughs> so we'll move on to Guan Yu Zhou then. Uh, or Zhou Guan Yu, I beg your pardon. I, 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 I can never get that the right way around. I have no, no idea how you're supposed to do it. But uh, either way, Joe, uh the first retirement, obviously nothing he could have done. We've already spoken a little bit about him earlier in, earlier in the race about um, about his performances and a, a good a good start to the weekend. Getting that new deal, but um, yeah, uh, a very early end to his race and the bottom of the timesheets through no fault of his own. Yeah, I mean, he started 14th as well. I mean, there's a little bit to be said about how Latifi was even in the same section of track uh, as to be to be affecting Joe Guan Yu. Um, it's all right, I can, I'm going to go back to Latifi. Uh, you can't claim that you didn't see him when Max Verstappen was talking about a ripoff in his rear brake duct. Brake duct. 
Um, the you know, transparent uh, plastic that he could see yeah, from his tiny mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. A small, a small piece of plastic that's fluttering around in something that's very low in the car, rather than you know something that's uh, what is it? Uh, white and red and is moving about in your rear, possibly sparking away. Um, so yeah, I uh, <laughs> I don't know what Latifi's going on about there. Shogun, you on the other hand, um, yeah, I mean, what could he have done? Um, he was just trying to get through, and unfortunately, he's been tagged by someone who probably shouldn't be there anymore. Um, other than that, you know, it's a, it, it was a good, it was a decent enough qualifying performance for him. Um, and into the race, unfortunately, he's just he's just not had a, a chance to even do anything with it. And bearing in mind that, like, like, you know, his teammates started behind him and ended up in 11th um you can only sort of if we extrapolate that i know it's obviously not a perfect comparison but if we extrapolate that he could have actually done quite well um so yeah a disappointing day for him but not his fault i do vaguely remember him having a little moment in one of the uh runoffs which is why he was behind latifi i think i could be wrong in that but i think that's the only real reason he would have been behind him at that point given his you know somewhat loftier starting position to that um but so that kind of rounds up the uh the full drivers um the, the grid of 20 drivers so out of those 20 drivers then tom i'll come to you first who are you going to give driver today i think i've got a slight suspicion of who it might be uh, it's got to be perez you know like stuff like victory held off leclerc adapted to the circumstances, looked pretty comfortable out front in a couple of lockups when Leclerc was handling him, but held off Leclerc, had faith in the team, faith in the car, faith in himself. Um, and yeah, just exemplary drive from him today. Okay. Owen, any any um any upgrades on that? Um I mean I I I, I won't give it to Sergio Perez, but only because Tom has, um to be honest. That's the, that's the only reason. Um I think I know. I, I, I think he's. Yeah. No. I'm gonna. I've, I'm in two minds about it, but I'm gonna go with Lando Norris. I think didn't didn't mess up at all. Got himself in a decent position. Really dragged out a great performance um, because he didn't make the kind of mistakes that the people who probably should have been in front of him did make. Um, so yeah, he. I think that's. I think that's the biggest thing. It was. It was a day when you know if you wanted to be up there, you need to not make mistakes, and that's exactly what Lando Norris did. Nice. And just to complete the uh, to complete the the trio of uh, diversity, I'm going to go with someone completely different as well. I'm going to actually go with Daniel Ricciardo. It's about time he got some love. He gained 11 positions. He was right up there with Norris. I think going to the soft tyres, the, the, the tyres seemed to give up a little bit, and he dropped away a little bit. But there's I've, I've seen dotted around some rumours that he was told the whole station behind Lando. So the fact that he'd actually got up behind Lando in a race when he started in 16th, when Lando was 10 places ahead of him. I think that's a solid performance from him. So for once, he's going to get some love for me. Someone sign him up. Come on, Williams, sign him up. You've got to, you've got to drive there. Come on, you'll get him on the cheap. So I'm going to, I'm going to go for Daniel Ricciardo then. So I'm going to give you guys a chance just to just to plug your um, social handles or, or whatever you want to do. So, so Tom, where can people hear more from you? Uh, well, I co-host Good Talk alongside your your lovely dashing self. Um, I'm definitely the number two driver out, out of the Toms on Grid Talk. Um, yeah, so you, you can find us uh, at, are we from Chronicle.com? I believe we are. Yes, we are. Um, and obviously, if you're listening to this and or watching this, you can find us on all your YouTubing platforms. No, your podcasting platforms. And, and, you, also, and YouTube. And YouTube, yeah. I just got my words the wrong way around. <laughs> And Owen, um, where can people see more from you? Uh, if you want to see me tweet, uh, I'm available at 
at Arwine Medford on Twitter. Uh, that's, that's the best place to get my opinions. Uh, I don't tweet them a lot, but when I do... Um, They're worth uh, hearing. Uh, probably not even then. <laughs> <laughs> They're worth I... going, what is this guy on about? And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm at TomahorrocksF1, and you can also catch me on the Monkey Suit podcast when we eventually get around to actually doing a podcast. We weren't able to do one after the last race, but hopefully we're, we're going to be back next week. Uh, so if you want to hear more from Grid Talk, however, we do have a huge back catalogue of shows. There's more than just race reviews and previews on there. We've also got some fireside episodes where we have chats with people from in and around F1 and uh, and other interesting guests as well. We've got a nice one coming up soon, actually. Tom, do you want to give a spoiler for that one? Yeah, so uh, in my line of work, one of our biggest clients is Cosworth, the engine manufacturer. Um, obviously, been in F one, you know, in, in and out in different in, uh, in different different uh, different capacities over the years, and you know, obviously, have big, you know, they're very very well known. Um, so, their head of IT has been the best part of forty years, and he and I get on very well. Um, so, I've asked him to do a fireside episode where we will have a bit of a uh, bit of a dive into the history of Cosworth. So, that'll be recorded in the next few weeks. Nice. I cannot wait to hear that one. So um, we also, as I said, already said, we do our, our race shows and they, they go out live on YouTube and you can go into the comments and, and leave, us a, leave us a question and we'll attempt to answer that in the post show. We're also available on audio formats on Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, Omni Studio and Pocket Casts. And I'm sure we're available in a few other places as well. So just look for us by searching for F1 Chronicle. We do also run a Patreon, so if you want to help us contribute to uh, doing what we do, uh, please consider donating to us. And everything that we do earn from that does go back into the show to improve the experience that you, the fan, gets. You can support us by buying merchandise as well from f1chronicle.com slash store. And we will be back tomorrow, so there's not long to wait. We'll be previewing the Japanese Grand Prix. So until then, we will see you then. Thank you and goodbye.